because we are actually day to day faced with those kind of situations where we may need to prioritise on requirements, for example, negotiate um, that against budget and time with stakeholders. Um, We need to bring our stakeholders on board on that journey um, and be able to communicate messages in a really clear and concise manner um, without hurting feelings, (laughs) without disrupting uh, the the relationship uh, that you have with them. Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Jacobs, and today I am joined with Tamina. How are you doing today, Tamina? I'm good, thanks, Tando. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being on. Um, I'm I'm really excited for for our chat today and just to pick your brain on on something uh, that that you you recently did a talk on one of the BA events uh, on a topic that I think is actually quite interesting to to kind of just have a chat about. But before we get into all of that, just uh, briefly tell us um, who you are and what do you do. Um, so I'm a certified business analyst uh, with over about nine years of experience. I um, have a background in economics, actually. So that's the degree I did at uni, um, and I just had an interest in pursuing that degree um, because I really enjoyed it at A-levels. Um, it was around about the time of the 2009 financial crisis kind of time. So everything was so relevant then. And um, yeah, I think by the time I came out of uni, I was thinking I'd have a career in the economics field. I would be solving the world's money problems. Um, but at the same time, I did want to experience the world of work a bit more and, um, you know, just see what was out there. Um, so I took up an opportunity with a company where I was actually an operations analyst. Um, so, yeah, I very much could um, apply the skills that I'd learned at, you know, uni, analytical skills, data analysis, creativeness, the um problem solving skills all those things and and just coincidentally the company was also going through a technical transformation at the time Um, they were you know delivering more digitized products and delivering on their technical technology strategy Um, and slowly our team's roles just we all kind of became business analysts and a lot of people around me and my team were actually within that role and the kind of work that we were doing you know it just really um interested me and I thoroughly enjoyed it so um while that being at that company was supposed to be a short-term plan I ended up being there quite longer um and I just ended up really liking the business analysis profession and um felt like this was probably something for me um and then, yeah, I, I thought, well, let me formally get qualified. And I um, ended up pursuing the BCS, uh, International Diploma in Business Analysis. Um, and, yeah, sim- since then, I've been working at companies where I've been able to apply my BA skills, um, you know, deliver more digital products, um, you know, background in econ- e-commerce, um, CRM replacements, um, uh, content management systems um and now you know i've i've been get, you know, given the opportunity to work on a variety of different projects as well involving back-end systems and um, front-end systems even so um it's been really great and over the years i've just really um 
adapted to different situations, picked up on different uh, situations with you know, observations and things like that. Um, and now I'm just really passionate about sharing my knowledge um, and, you know, get, contributing to the BA practice as much as possible. Yeah, I can de- <clears throat> I can definitely hear your passion for for business analysis coming through there. What what um what would you say were the things that piqued your interest the most in, in business analysis that then led you to think actually I want to go down this path? Um, I think it's just with any topic that you get into, you know, regardless of you having a background in it or any kind of domain knowledge in it, the ability to um to just go deep dive into it and um just just understand the subject really and I love learning new things so I that's one thing that I I really enjoyed um and still do um you know you can deep dive in any any subject and come back out of it move on to the next one um but you still you know you don't you don't remember all those details but you still have that at the back of your mind and have some sort of experience in it so you're able to dip your toes into things and come back out and um you know go on to experience different varieties of of work um and technology is always changing so um it's it's lovely to be able to keep up you know upskilling your knowledge and your skills in that way yeah, and I, I'm I'm exactly the same. Love learning. I love throwing myself into new environments, and and that's what keeps me going. I'd say as well in my career, because uh, because I, I so before I became a BA, I was in sales and account management, and it was cool. And I, I enjoyed it, but it, it, I just kind of felt it got to a point where I felt like this there's no longevity for me here because I've kind of done all I could within that space. Um, and there was kind of nothing else to learn other than maybe changing companies and learning what their products and services are that they are selling. But yeah. beyond that, I just kind of felt there's nothing else for me to learn at this point. Not that I knew everything, but I just didn't really, you know, have that passion in me anymore. But being a business analyst is it's exciting, as you say. You, you know, you work on a backend system for six months, let's say, and then after that, you can work on an e-commerce website and. And then you work on all these different things, but fundamentally you're still doing business analysis activities within that. And that's what makes it exciting. Do you do you actually use or find that your economics degree helps you as a BA at all in any way? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I think knowing um, it's actually a key, one of the, I think, part of the modules in VCS is on knowing your um, economic context, right? Um, and... Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it does because, you know, especially where you're working in a commercial project and um, where budgets and things are concerned and you need to you need to understand context in, in that way. So, yes, definitely does in that sense. Um, but also the mm. transferable skills, like I, I talked about earlier, you know, the analytic side of things, the data analysis side of things, those kind of things you you are constantly applying in, in your role and in whichever role I think it, it's it's quite relevant. Mm. Yeah, no, that that that's uh, that's a very good point. A very good point. And economics definitely sounds like a fun degree. I did business management degree, and we mm. had an economics module within that degree. Yeah, um, and it was one of my favorite modules for sure. Uh, but I can only imagine how much deeper you went into everything in economics as a degree for for that period of time. Um, so, in terms of like the the talk you did at this event that we went to, um, you did a talk on being assertive in the workplace. And I just find it really interesting because 
I'll be honest, until you did that talk, I'd never really thought about assertiveness as a, as a thing to like develop or to think about. Uh, I kind of just thought you're either naturally assertive or you're not kind of thing. Um, and, and if you're, you know, introvert, extrovert kind of boxes, that's what I was yeah. thinking in my head. But like, it was quite interesting when you're doing your talk about how you were essentially saying that we should be developing this skill almost the soft skill of being assertive um what 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 was it that or, or what what does i guess let's start with the meaning of assertiveness from your perspective what what exactly does a, being assertive mean and and why do you think it's important for us to have that quality as bas so i think in, from my perspective assertiveness is where you're able to be really clear about your position on things um you know, what you might be passionate about, what you stand for, but you're able to do it in a respectful way. Um, you're able to do it in a way that means that you're calm, you're collective, you're maintaining positive relationships with your stakeholders, with the people around you, um, but you're not compromising on on what you believe in. Um, and I think more so in the workplace, you're not compromising on the kind of workload you have or the kind of career that you want to build. And so I think from a business analyst perspective, it's it's really important to understand that because we are actually day-to-day faced with those kind of situations where we may need to prioritise on requirements, for example, negotiate um, that against budget and time with stakeholders and um you know we're constantly like i said we're working with technology um uh you know different technical constraints may be maybe present on you know why we can't deliver a particular requirement for example and um we need to bring our stakeholders on board on that journey um and be able to communicate messages in a really clear and concise manner um without hurting feelings <laughs> without you know um without disrupting uh the the relationship uh, that you have with them um and yeah i think it's a really key skill uh, an important skill uh when you're maintaining your stakeholder relationships yeah which is obviously a big part of what we do as bas isn't it a lot of what we I, I always say that the success my success is dependent on my team and people that i work with because as we've kind of touched on earlier on um I'm not the person who's building the websites or building the databases in the back end. I'm not the person who knows the ins and outs of anything. But as part of working on a project, I kind of work with people who know those things. So then as part of that um, relationship building process, assertiveness definitely plays a part, doesn't it? Um, but I'll be honest, maybe maybe I'm just for myself here, but I definitely do think that there is a certain stigma maybe with the word assertiveness like if someone says to you be assertive it almost sounds aggressive yes yeah <laughs> um and it almost sounds like oh I don't want that like <laughs> that's not something I want to be so mm. I, like break, break that barrier down for somebody who might be listening to this saying okay it's an important skill but it just sounds aggressive when someone <laughs> says be assertive what would you say to that yeah I think um it's, it's two ways to look at it right it's it, it's you can either be I think aggressive or you can either be quite passive (laughs) Um, and assertiveness is actually somewhere in the middle Um, because if you're aggressive I think you're showing that you are not prepared to change your opinion on things or listen to others Um, whereas if you're passive you're 
more likely to say yes to everything. Um, you just want to, um, you know, make people happy. You don't, you have fear of letting people down. Um, and I think personally speaking, I naturally, um, have always been on the passive side. Um, and, um, I, I think it, when, when I reflect on it, it's probably from that fear of, you know, letting people down, um, and, you know, being a people pleaser, which, you know, um, genuinely speaking, I don't think that's a negative trait. I think that's quite a positive trait because it's, it shows that you're considerate of the people around you, um, that you, you know, care for, care for other people's opinions. Um, that's all good. But I think it, you've got to be mindful that it doesn't come at a cost of your own um, objectives or your own passions. Um, and I think that's more important in the workplace because uh, whilst you do want to make your stakeholders happy, uh, you do you don't want that to be at a cost of your own well-being when it means that you may be over overburdened with workload, um, where you perhaps your your career isn't going the direction that you want it to be. Um, it, it's more just you're just going along with the flow, and you know you just, you're just taking it. A, along in the line of you know the way that other people might uh want it to go so it's um it's keeping these things in mind um you're trying to achieve a balance and I think that's where assertiveness comes in um you know it's it, Mm. it it's where you you can achieve what you want for yourself um whilst making other people happy but doing it in a way that is respectful um clear and um you know, demonstrates your confidence. Mm, yeah, do, do you know what? That's that's a very clear, very very clear picture. I like I like it a lot. It it actually simplifies or demystifies the the myths around when people are like, be assertive. Um, but let's let's touch on the the, the the softer side that you mentioned, or the the passive side even of being a people pleaser. Because I I can definitely put my hand up and say I'm naturally a people pleaser as well, uh, and obviously to your point, do see the, the good of, of that, in fact, um, because, you know, that's part of the, the soft skills of building relationships and ensuring that there's a connection with the people you're working with. Um, but equally speaking, there is a part where that can then cross a line that's then even on the negative side. So if someone's someone is still at that people-pleaser phase, what kind of things could they do to kind of start to move towards the middle point of being assertive um, without, you know, without kind of staying on that people please please phase whilst working on the projects they're working on yeah um so I think probably first take a step back and just assess where you are like maybe you know ask yourself these questions about how often are you saying yes to things when deep down you actually don't think this is the right answer <laughs> um you know what what is actually stopping you from sharing what you think um is it that you're you know, you've got a lack of energy in that moment, you've got lack of motivation, or or is it the fear of letting somebody down? Um, So I think start from there. Um, And, you know, when you when you think about what stops you from sharing what you think, you know, if it is that there are times where you are lacking in in that energy and that motivation to say something in that exact moment um there are opportunities where you know you can you can build those opportunities by saying you know I've I've heard what you think um I need to reflect on that a bit can we have 
you know, can we reschedule this conversation? Um, can we revisit this? Um, and uh, we can expand on it more, for example. Um, so I think that's that's one way to address it. Um, the other way is, you know, if, if it is stemming from, you know, I really don't want to let this person down. Um, try to think of, you know, why why is that? You know, um, are there other other methods? Um, you know, other ways that we can address the problem. Um, so, you know, for example, it, it could just generally be based on based on like timescales that you've got a stakeholder that who is, um, you know persistent in a particular requirement being delivered um because they want to get it done within this financial year for example within the budgets um but you know that it's not it's not going to meet the budget you know it's going to go over for example um after you've had those those feedback conversations with uh with your with your technical stakeholders um you know how do you deliver that message you know maybe you can you know write write a few points down I think it's one of the tips I shared on that event actually um write some notes down perhaps um play that back back with the person that you trust actually um and and practice um and and go into the meeting you know with just those notes as reference so that you can kind of you know refer back to it um as you structure the conversation um but yeah it is I think this does take practice I'm can't say I'm perfect at it but it does take a lot of practice a lot of patience um and willingness to like step out of your comfort zone um so it, it will be a gradual process yeah no I, I completely agree and that's some, that's some very strong tips there as well um and you know one thing that helped me in my people please the face should I say um was that someone said to me I can't remember if I read this somewhere in a book or something but essentially it said something like something along the lines of say no 10 times or something before you say yes something like that like something that's really out there and it was like yeah okay um that's interesting but like what what the argument was was learn you're learning to say no essentially that was what right. they were trying to come across and say okay if someone just come to you and says can you're you do this stubborn. to say no you're just with... learning to say no yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's you're kind of stubbornly learning to say no should i say and then eventually you go back to your default of saying yes but like I think the, what they were also trying to say is that 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 um, that process would then teach you that saying no is not the end of the world, and and that you said no and you moved on and they moved on and they don't hate you for saying no either. I think I think that was kind of like the psyche behind it. Now, obviously, you could take take it, leave it. It's up to you. But but um, I just find like a very strong in your face type of um, yeah practical yeah. Because believe it or not, <laughs> people are not always thinking about that time you said no. <laughs> Six yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. To be honest, um, well, unless if you say no to like coming to your birthday, maybe that's a bit personal. Yeah. But saying no to uh, you know on a project, you know, can you help me with this or can you do this? Yeah, but, yeah, they probably won't remember it six months later. Um, how about the other people there who are more on the aggressive side? So you know, what what would you say that they could try? Is it different? Should they do the same things or should they try any specific things that would work for them? I'm a big fan of getting feedback so you know um if you haven't realized it yourself probably get some feedback on how you are on scale um again start from there but I think it's um I think it's probably going to be apparent if you if you're coming from that mode um that aggressive mode and 
you try and you know put your points across but they're still not heated to is probably probably because you know people are not responding to it in in the positive way that you would hope um so that's the first indicator um but secondly um again it's it's kind of thinking rationally i think about um why it is that you have to deliver about news for example or why it is that you have to protect your time on a particular project um kind of try to structure your argument um again this all takes practice right so maybe yeah take this i'd say similar advice put some put some notes down on a piece of paper before you're heading into that meeting um practice it on few people um uh, and then you know tr- try and uh try and portray that so I, I think that's that's probably my advice for that category yeah, yeah, no, that's that's it. It's, it's a very good point as well. I think, uh, I think thinking about your response actually is is more powerful because I guess uh, I guess I'd say generally people the, the people who are more aggressive, um, their initial response is probably too harsh. <laughs> so taking the time to to then think about that response in advance, or maybe type the email and then delete and then type another email kind of situation that would then help them to soften the blow a little bit in, in the delivery of, of what they're trying to say. So um, those are some very good points. So on the uh, another thing that I was thinking about um, is that, so let's just say there's somebody listening to this and they're saying, you know what, they, they agree with all the things that we've mentioned uh, and they're going to take your tips on board. Um, but there's just this, uh, in their minds, should I say, there's almost a, a fear they're holding themselves back because they kind of think that maybe if I do speak, even if I speak up, no one's going to listen to me or no one's going to take me seriously. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm just a junior BA, for example, maybe that's in their heads or, or whatever it may be. Um, what would you say to that person who's, you know, they're kind of holding themselves back in their, in their own heads almost? Um, I think, yeah, first of all, just try and understand where that fear is stemming from. Um, is it the audience that you're speaking to? Is it a is a big audience um and if if that is putting you off maybe start with small um you know uh and I think this like I said this is such a gradual process assertiveness is just just one um factor of the whole stakeholder management self skill set you know um so try to think of how you can build a positive relationship with a particular stakeholder all the way throughout your engagement with them um and you know before you even if you know if being assessment is as feels like a big milestone before you get there try to think of other ways that you can start building this this positive relationship with them um because at the end of the day it's building trust um as well as building um you know your assertiveness or building your uh, uh, reputation with them so um i think that that's probably one tip i'd give um the other i'd give you know open open that door of self-doubt and let it leave the room <laughs> because you want to be where you are if if you were not confident um and so let let that go um and it's natural fear is natural um everybody has it um but it's about recognizing that trigger um and what it is what is it that's triggering it and trying to address that um so that we can be a, a better you know confident uh, version of ourselves Mm, mm. and uh, yeah that's that's um uh, it sounds 
it sounds simple, but it definitely <laughs> does require some effort, it should does. I say. <laughs> it does, yeah. Especially if those fears, you've kind of had them for a while um, and you've carried them, I guess, unknowingly or knowingly, you've carried them throughout your career and all of a sudden you're kind of having to question them and see, you know, where they're coming from. Um, so, so yeah, but but it's, it's, it's definitely a worthwhile um, endeavor, should I say, to, to really understand what, what words are come from and what the triggers behind it for you to then be able to overcome them, essentially, isn't it? Um, so earlier on, <clears throat> you mentioned that you have a BCS international diploma. Has that, and I'm curious, this is just one of those, it's one of those things that I've always wondered, um, and people have different opinions on this. First of all, do you think that getting, B, getting any BA certification, you know, it doesn't have to be BCS per se, but do you think getting certification as business analysts is a, an important thing to do or a good thing to do? I think it's definitely value in it. Um, I, I know it's not you know, necessary. I've met amazing BAs who um, do not hold the qualification or 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 may hold it in something else or not at all. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not great at what they do. Um, and I think that's just like the the great the greatness of this profession. Actually, that it's just so diverse that um, you can come from whatever mm-hmm. background and really um, really be successful. So um, I don't think it's necessary, but uh, there is value. Um, personally speaking, when I did, uh, when I completed it about six years ago, I was um, just starting out in my career. So um, as a BA, and um, at the time, it a lot of the concepts um, I couldn't really relate to because I hadn't had the um, real world practical um, experience of it yet. However. Um, I came out of it with a lot of theories so that when I when I did come across it, I could, you know, really lean on those. Um, the other mm. element of it is if, you know, if you're going through formal training um, to get the qualification, um, you get to meet some um, amazing peers who are in the same field, um, similar backgrounds, um, different backgrounds even, just starting out, experience. Um, so I think it's also a great networking uh, t- method as well um, because you've got to go through different modules and you sit, sit in those classes with different people. I mean, when I did it back in the day, it was face-to-face. So <laughs> it was it was nice to, like, um, you know, meet people um, and then, you know, you st- still maintain connections with those people uh, to this day. So, mm. um, it, yeah, it's I think that there's value in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think so. Do you do you find then that once you've kind of done each module and also get an international diploma, do you think that raised your level of self belief and self confidence as a BA at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's also another merit to it. Obviously, you feel like, oh, yes, you are now qualified and you are prepared to tackle certain situations and. yeah it does I guess it does help um raise your profile um as a BA uh when you're applying for jobs um especially if you've not had a previous experience um perhaps it, it is a good a good method to do uh to do that um hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the reason I was asking that was to because I definitely think that you know I think it's, because I've done some certifications myself. I haven't got the international diploma just yet, but I, I'm, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. Uh, but one of the things that I definitely found when I did my 
previous modules uh, that I've done so far, is that it it certainly gave me more of a of a backbone, should I say, yeah. in in being assertive, in being confident <clears throat> in what I'm doing uh, in the workplace and and as a BA, and kind of feel like yeah, I you know bit my own chest, I know what I'm doing kind of thing, because it is one of those professions where. You know, most of the time, well, at least sometimes anyway, in my case, you're, you're either the only BA on a project or the only BA doing what you're doing. So there's kind of no instant peer-to-peer review or someone saying, oh, well done for doing that. Oh, that's that's the way to do it. Oh, don't do it this way. Do it that way instead. <laughs> it's almost like you're just figuring out as you're going along, mm-hmm. aren't you? So, so having the certifications is kind of like a, uh, uh, one of the benefits anyway is that self-belief just kind of really goes up, doesn't it? Yeah. So, Tamina, it's been it's been such a pleasure talking to you about being assertive, learning more about your journey, and and um, you know just kind of picking your brain on this topic. Uh, I think you've definitely the picture that you've painted there of of kind of finding the balance, not being too passive, but also not being aggressive, uh, and having this balance in between of speaking, standing up for what you believe in, speaking your mind, uh, and being able to challenge people, but challenge them in a way that still positive so to speak um and still productive uh, in a way in the team uh, it has actually highlighted even more for me why assertiveness is a key skill as BAs now final questions before we kind of close off um the the the, the first question is that um if people want to get in touch with you connect with you what's the best place for them to do that linkedin um i'm on linkedin um tamina Khaled. So yeah, nice. I look forward to connecting with anyone who's interested to Absolutely. talk more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will link I'll link your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well. Thank you. Um and, and so that people can find you easily. Um and then the last question is, is there anything else that you would like to kind of leave based on you know the conversation that we've had today? Any any last parting words for people out there to really um grasp this concept of being assertive and why it's important for them to to kind of focus on developing the skill. Yeah, um, I think just, you know, trying to identify your communication style, um, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, um, perhaps talk it through with your peers if, if on your team or a mentor if you have one, um, get, get that feedback so you can identify what scale you are on. Um, think about situations where you would apply it in as a BA. Um, the, the ones that come to my mind are, negotiation of requirements um you know trying to set that against the technical challenges that that a company may have um budget time um you know we can't deliver it all all the time and 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 we need to find a balance whilst maintaining those positive relationships with our stakeholders um but yeah just practice active listening um you know think about how you can engage with your um stakeholders uh um consciously um making an effort to listen to what they're saying asking those clarifying questions digging deeper and that's also you know one of the skill sets of a BA um asking the right questions to get to the bottom and the root of the problem and why they may be pushing back on certain things and um you know how you can help address their problems in different ways um so uh, yeah try to do that and remember it's a gradual process you know you've got to uh, take the time to practice um it, it will take patience um and and that willingness to, to step out of your comfort zone um but it, it will be very valuable to 
um, you know, get get to being an effective business analyst. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Well, those are some good party words. I definitely have nothing to add because I think you've summed it up very, very nicely there. Um, but I just definitely want to thank you for taking your time out to be on the podcast. And I'm sure people who listen to this will find so much value in it. Thank you for having me. It was lovely speaking to you, Tando.